declare, for instance, if, if I write in, in our uh, statement of faith and put on the website and everything that we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and we believe in all of those things, but then if, if in reality we never do those things, there's never any speaking in tongues, there's never any water baptism, there's never any laying hands, there's never any gifts of the Spirit, there's nothing but nice charismatic music and a semblance of the gospel some way, then I'd like to tell you that is a dilution of the truth. And the most difficult thing in the world to deal with, of course, uh, God wrote several books in the New Testament dealing with the diluting of the gospel. It's called Gnosticism. We are today, we are inundated in our nation with Gnostics. People who get in pulpits, very large pulpits that have huge names. If I told you their names, you would shake your head in, in, in dismay at what I was saying uh, with huge names that say, I believe in that, but I do not do it because if I do it, I don't think something good will happen. If you don't uh, obey God, you don't believe God. It's really that simple. You want the benefits of what it means to believe God, but you don't want the penalty or the attack that can come sometimes from obeying God. If you are a minister, therefore, we learn how to be crowd control experts. And so we know how to appeal to people on a certain level, and that uh, in that appealing, uh, if we're not careful, we will forget uh, that it's not about us, and it's not about how many people sit there. It's about the message and the person of Jesus Christ and the life that's being changed. But Jesus said, if I'm lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Now listen, you lift Jesus, he's going to draw men. But when he draws men, you're now mandated as a man or a woman of God to declare what that Jesus is all about. But if he draws people and you just draw them to yourself, or you draw them to another form or thought, or if you lift Jesus, draw men and draw them to themselves, at that point, you have now falsified the mission of the gospel. The gospel is not about me. The gospel is not about you. The gospel is about him. The gospel is not about how we can take and normalize Jesus into humanity. You know what I'm about to say. It's about how do I get changed from my human state into his resurrected state. I'm not trying to make Jesus human. I'm trying to make this human more like Jesus. That is absolutely the message of all time. That's what men have gone to prison. That's what they die for. That's why today, over in the Middle East and other areas, now we're just seeing it at night, they kill people because they are willing to live for Jesus Christ and endeavor to be more like Him and not deny Him on any level. Look, if you and I would just stand up with the same type of veracity that men and women in other nations today that are under persecution you know, the way they live and refuse to compromise who they are, even in the face of a gun or a knife, how many people would you affect for Jesus Christ if you really have a conviction about who you are in life and who you are in Christ? Over 130 times almost, uh, uh, the Apostle Paul uses that thought. Him in me, me in Him, me in Christ, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Uh, to be like Him. The Bible says, He that knew no sin was made, 2 Corinthians 5.21, to be sin for us. God made Jesus to be sin for us at Calvary as the penalty. He had never committed a sin, so He carried our sin like the sacrificial lamb. His blood was not natural. It was not Joseph's blood. It was God's blood. His blood was the blood of God. It was divine. It had no sin. There was no taint. There was no mar in that 
blood that, uh, that Adam had released into humanity. That's why the blood of bulls and goats and no man could redeem mankind because the fall had been on a spiritual level. It, 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 it was not in the seen level. It was in the inner level. It was in the eternal level. So God, who owns all of that, his own son as the sacrifice because without the shedding of blood, there would be no remitting of the curse, no remission of sin. It would not remit. So bulls and goats could only in a type cover it up from year to year. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave him that whosoever should believe upon him would not eternally perish, but would eternally live, would have eternal life. So when you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your soul, and you say yes to Him, not only do you get heaven, but you get a new way of living. God did not save you and me through the blood of Jesus to leave us the same. First Corinthians 4 says that we are changed into His image. From glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of God takes the Word of God and puts a mirror up in front of you. And you are changed into that image. Uh, the Bible says, we behold as in a looking glass. Uh, the word right there is the word for mirror. It's the exact same word King James calls it. We behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. And we are changed into that same image from glory to glory, the next verse says, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So when you look into the Word of God, it's like a mirror. And then God begins by His Spirit to shape you and change you into that spiritual image that He's showing you. He changes you into that image, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. It is a lifelong process. It begins uh, uh, initially by salvation. And then God, by the Holy Ghost, the Spirit and the Word of God, begins to change you and shape you into the person that He's called you to be. So you can be and do everything God has called you to, uh, to be and do. That's why we started Abundant Life, because God established in the New Testament from the day of Pentecost on, after the resurrection, uh, Paul preached what Jesus had said in, in Ephesians chapter 3 and 4, he said, God gave gifts unto men. He gave apostle, prophet, and pastor, teacher for the edifying, for the developing, for the instructing, for the equipping of the work of the ministry in the saints. The saints are to be equipped, the Bible says, for the work of the ministry. The saints are not just to be consoled. The saints are not just to be propped up. The saints are to be equipped. Someone shout, I'm a saint. Come on, say it like you mean it. I'm a saint. And you are. And when you come to church, it's not for me to make you feel good. I can do that, I guess. I've got a, a degree that says I can do it. But I'd just like to tell you, that won't do you any good because when you walk out of here, you've got to go home with yourself. But at the same time, if His Word gets on the inside of you and begins to change you, you begin to think, I'm not just a person. I've got a little bit of anointing in me. I've got a little bit of power and dominion over all of these other things as I allow the Spirit and the Word of God to shape me or change me or mold me. He is the potter. We are the clay. He puts us on the spinning wheel and He takes care of all of the cracks. Can I have a good amen right there? 
Sometimes the pot gets marred, the Bible says, and God just breaks it back down. You know how you repair that? You take water, and you, uh, when it's broken, they take water, and they soften it up, and then they reshape it, and then they put it in the fire, and they let it harden again, and now it can do anything. And that's exactly what happened for you and me at Calvary. The ultimate human, the prototype of eternity, of mankind in eternity, uh, died. The Bible says that he took stripes, he took all of the cracks, he carried all of the mar, he carried the sin, and God put him on the spinning wheel. We call it Calvary. And there, uh, with the water of the Word of God, they just gave him vinegar, but with the water of the Word of God, God began to soften him again. He paid the price for us. And then, after God had that sacrifice exactly right, He put him in the kill. He put him inside of the oven. He put him in, in the uh, very heart of the earth for three days and three nights. And when He came out, He was the reborn uh, prototype of all of humanity. God is the potter. We are the clay. Every type, every image, every shadow in the Old Testament ultimately points back to what Jesus Christ has done for us. If you can't get Jesus out of the Bible, you hadn't read it long enough. Just keep reading until he jumps off of that page because he is the Word made flesh. He dwells among us and at some point he shows up, talks to you, gives you an image, and starts shaping you into that image for your life in him. That's why we have church. That's why we come together to praise and magnify God. We worship because God's good to us, because He's Lord, because one day we get to go to heaven. Until that time, we're going to live with a little bit of heaven on earth. In here, He puts His Spirit in us. He gives you an authority. In the name of Jesus, He gives you a power. Listen to me. And for everything within you, endeavor to not dilute the Word of God. Ask God to give you leadership, to give you wisdom, to give you understanding. Ask God to give you insight on how you can live like the Lord in the earth today. If Jesus lived in, in, in 2016 in the flesh, do I think Jesus would be wearing a long robe with a, with a gold rope around it, walking around uh, just pulling two by one? No, I don't believe that at all. No, I think he would look uh, just like you and me. With an upright modesty about himself in the day he lived in, he had a royal robe, a purple robe that he wore. I'd like to tell you that you and I call that designer clothes. But it is necessary that we are, that we are uh, conformed into his image because if you were here today, he would look like you today. Uh, you say, Well, Jesus Christ or Jesus is white. Who cares? He's the Son of God. I said, who cares? I don't care if he's Asian or Oriental. I don't even care if he has green hair. Are you listening to me? Who cares? No, he's the Son of God. If he were here today, he would look like you and me someway. And, and, and he would live the life and the nature of the kingdom of heaven. And you and I are called to do the same thing to the best of our understanding in the world that we live in. The Bible says go into all of the world with the gospel. That means go into the plant zone uh, and, and live that, uh, that anointing of Jesus Christ. You 
forget that when other people uh, invite you to live an alternative lifestyle that's not a Christian lifestyle, they go, well, I live the other way. I'm sorry. I used to be down there on the way to hell also and live like you, but now I live for Jesus. And you can too. What's that? You think you're too good uh, to, to, to stop by on the way home and throw in a few beers and stuff without? You think you're too good on the way home to do that? Nobody thinks about me being too good. He's too good. I live for him, and that's probably my weakness. I mean, personally, I don't go places that I wouldn't invite you to come with me if we were in the flesh. Like, like if, 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 you know, if the business people say, hey, listen, you know, let's go out here and let's go to Heartbreakers Land. So I'm not going to do anything. I'm just part of their thing. No, 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 uh-uh. Well, I'll tell you straight up. Well, I'm sorry, man. First of all, I'm a Christian. The people that go there are on the way to hell. That's why we have a big sign over the top that says, Jesus heals the brokenhearted. That's why so many people, that place and other places. Or any other place, you just name the place. They're not on the way to heaven. They are on the way to hell. If they die, they will go to hell. So, you and I are raised up to help uh, teach them uh, and many others, not just one place, many others, uh, how to go to heaven. Because God so loved the world. You say, you're being, you got drama fruit instructor. Jesus says, you know a tree by the fruit he bears. I'm not stupid. I'm not stupid. They're not going there for the chicken fried steak. For crying out loud. God, get somebody in the body of Christ a symbol full of sin. Your eyes up and call good, good, and evil, evil. You don't even have to be a spiritual giant to know that. Hallelujah. And uh, it's legal. And it's not a lie. But it is legal in the kingdom of heaven. Where you are a citizen and your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So leave it alone. At the very least, it will dilute your witness. At the minimum, it will dilute your witness. Anything that Jesus is teaching us in the Word of God is sin in the Word of God. If we can see the people that we're going to talk about here in a minute,
Não, tem que ir no centro comercial. Eu fui lá, falei, que hora que eu fui lá? Eu fui ver nove horas. Eu tentei enganar com meu pai, que eu estava no centro comercial. Eu falo que eu dormi no centro e não fui. Thank you. 